Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 10th of October, year of our Lord, 2020. 10, 10, 20, add the 10s, get the 20. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Shoot the J. Following Game 5 of the 2020 NBA Finals, the Miami Heat prevail over the Los Angeles Lakers. I wanted to record this um, like following the game's conclusion, like, boom, here we go. I wanted to take a step back. You don't really want to be a, a prisoner of the moment. And I wanted to just think about it, sit on it a little bit. And here's where I'm at. The resilience of this Miami Heat team is annoying. But it, it's so admirable that, like, how mad can you really be? We're getting more basketball. And it's not that we're just getting more basketball. That game five was one of the best finals games I've ever seen. And at the very least in the last decade, that was remarkable. The performances from Jimmy Butler and LeBron James, two guys who, like, Jimmy's giving it all, playing upwards of 47 and a half minutes. The dude was out for, like, all of one possession. I'm not, that's not a hyperbole. He literally played, like, what, 47, 28 or something. He's giving it all to a point where he's hunched over behind the basket after a foul in, what, the last minute and a half. He's exhausted. And he's giving it all because he doesn't want to go home. He wants to win a championship. LeBron, on the other hand, is giving just as much effort in the year 17 at 35 years old, plays 42 minutes in pursuit of a championship, right? It's like this is the closeout game. I'm LeBron James. I want to win in five again. I've only ever done that once. I want to do it again. Couldn't get it done. But LeBron James puts up 40 points, 7 assists, and 13 boards on 75% shooting. And 6 of 9 from 3, which was the most threes he's ever hit in an NBA Finals game. I believe the previous record was, I think, 4. Maybe it was 5. But now, 6 is his record, his personal best. Um, Jimmy Butler playing, again, 47 minutes, puts up 35, 11, and 12 on 11 of 19 from the field, um, and, and 12 of 12 from the line. Like, he's been incredible, and especially down the stretch. Like, he hit some big shots at the line, most notably to give Miami the lead um, at the end there. I just – here's my thing. I'm looking at Anthony Davis, who also played 42 minutes. And he, and he goes down with that injury, um, and it was like a weird non-contact. He's in the air, and something looks a little funny. And then as we've been conditioned to believe, you're like, oh, Achilles. It's his Achilles. It's happening again. We're doing it second finals in a row. A top five player. Achilles gone, missing him the next season. And Josh Eberle correctly pointed out on Twitter, like, just wait for the report. Why do we always think it's an Achilles? And I was guilty of it, too. Because I did think it, but sure enough, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes later, which felt like an eternity, Rachel Nichols comes out. Yeah, he just re-aggravated the heel contusion that he's been dealing with. I think that's what it was. And it's like, oh, okay. And she's like, he's available to return. Great. All right. We got a game again. Everything's fine. And he comes back, I don't know, maybe five minutes come off the clock, if that. Anthony Davis checks back into the game, and it's naturally very noticeable uh, how much he's laboring. Um, you're, you're seeing that like just moving up the floor on certain possessions is, uh, it's pretty difficult for him. It's no small task, 
But I didn't really ever feel like Anthony Davis, no, no matter what he looked like, I never really felt like he was a detriment to the Lakers on either end of the floor. Like, it felt like he was still doing not the not his job, not at the level that he, you know, has been in the previous few games or against Denver, but, like, I don't know. I was like, he's not Danny Green, right? He's still he's not Kyle Kuzma, which is maybe an adjustment that Vogel has to make in Game Six. Is just don't play Kuzma because I'm. I tweeted this last night. A lot of what I'm going to say today is just expanding on points that I've already made on Twitter. I'm so tired of this back and forth that we have with Kuzma, where some nights and it, it, you know you can say it's on a game by game basis. It almost feels possession by possession sometimes. You're between like, oh, okay, yeah, there's something there. I, I That was, you know, like good take, right? Good hands on defense. Like, okay, good stuff, Kuz. But then, whether it's the next night or on the opposite end of the floor, why is this man in the National Basketball Association? I wish he would just pick a lane and be done with it because I, I'm tired of putting any eggs in the Kuzma basket. I'm tired of it. Hey, Nick, where are your eggs? Oh, they're looking over there. They're in Kuzma's uh, basket. I keep doing this to myself. And I don't want to – well, I'll get to this later because I don't want to talk about the Danny Green stuff um, just yet. But with the Anthony Davis injury, so now I'm looking at it like, okay, he comes back, and there's two narratives that are going to happen. And, like, each of them is just dependent on the outcome of this game. If the Lakers win – Anthony Davis, despite the injury, was like, we need to finish the job. We need to get this done, whatever it takes, Avengers style, whatever it takes. If it means I'm hobbled and, and can barely walk and, and elevate, so be it. If it's in pursuit of a championship, you got to have the mentality, right? And then the season's over and it doesn't matter. You can rehabilitate no matter how much you just screwed up your foot. That's the best case scenario if you're a Lakers fan. Um, and I'm no doctor, and we haven't had any updates since then, not that I've seen. But now I just worry, like, did you damage yourself a little bit too much to play in game six? You know? Like, when you overwork yourself like that, because I'm not mad at him for doing it because because of the point that I just made. Like, if that was the case, this isn't a conversation. But now it is because the Lakers lost. Is, is he going to be healthy enough? Is he going to be feeling good enough to come back on Sunday? To play game six on Sunday. It's not like it's that Tuesday to Friday you have two full days off again. You know, we're like, bam. And I again, I don't think Dragic is coming back, but he had a few extra days to rest. Now I'm like, uh, if Anthony Davis isn't playing game six, this is probably going seven. Because LeBron, in AD's absence... And especially in those closing, I don't know, six minutes in the fourth quarter, it's the it, and and this is I give all the props in the world to all the guys on either side. We'll get to Duncan Robinson in a minute. This is also the third time I've tried recording this episode. So if I end up making the same point twice, which I've done before, whenever I have to do multiple recordings of an episode, I apologize. Stay with me though. We'll get to Duncan Robinson in a second if I haven't already, because in a previous recording I already did. But I don't think I did for this one yet. I give a lot of credit to a lot of the role players on either side just kind of getting out of the way. It almost felt like an all-star game, the way that Jimmy and LeBron were just going at each other. And I, I think the funniest thing was that it was the same thing every single time. They would just drive to the rim. LeBron would always go to the right. 
Jimmy would generally go to the right until that final possession um, where he where they were down one. So let me try to remember this correctly. Jay Crowder sets a screen on LeBron, who was guarding Jimmy near the top of the key. Markeith Morris, who was on Jay, comes over and cheats up on the left side because Jimmy had been going – I'm sorry, cheats up on the right side, Jimmy's right, because he had gone right. Like the entire game. Well, the screen worked, and Jimmy, the Red Sea parts, and he's got a clear lane if he just goes left down the middle of the lane, straight away from the basket. That's exactly what happens. He gets fouled at the rim. Heat go up one, and then on the opposite end of the floor, and I don't think I need to get into this. I think people have done a good enough job. Um, LeBron has, what, Bam, Jimmy, and Duncan Robinson on him. And then I think Iguodala was cheating over. So he had like three and a half guys on him at the rim. Sets up Danny Green perfectly. A difficult pass practically behind his head doing a 180. Pass was a little bit off. But Danny Green had all the time in the world. He had the optimal look. He could have solidified himself uh, in NBA Finals history. I had the audacity. I literally out loud said, Redemption! When Danny Green put up that shot, it felt like... Because I went into this game for some reason thinking, like, Danny Green is finally going to have that turnaround game. Where all year, he's just been kind of, eh, for the Lakers. But especially in the playoffs, and especially in the NBA Finals, Danny Green has been abysmal. And I don't care about the, well, he's shooting, like, a, in, in terms of all time, like a fourth best three-point percentage in the NBA Finals at like 42%, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I know that nine times out of ten in any other year, Danny Green is making that shot. I believe that. But this year, and I'm not I'm not mad, at, let me just be clear, I'm not mad that LeBron passed it to him. I'm just saying that it's like, I guess I don't know what I'm saying. I just, I don't know why I had faith in that Danny would hit that shot. Because I know a lot of people were like, second he put that up, I knew it was rimming out. Not even rimming out. I believe he got front iron. I'm pretty sure it was short. Markeith gets the board, and he could pass it to anybody. And I th and people like LeBron was wide open on the wing on the right side. He's wide open. Maybe it was near the baseline. I think it was on the wing. And I and then he, so obviously Markeith Morris decides to try to pass down low to Anthony Davis is a terrible pass. So Markeith Morris makes two bad plays in a row. I don't know if the defensive play was really that bad, but. It ended up not working out. I just, I guess what pisses me off is like, I don't hate that play because if the ball gets to AD, now you're relying on the officials. Make the call. You're forcing the, 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 how do I articulate this? You are putting the game in the officials' hands if you're the Lakers. I guess even if you're Lakers, I don't know how great I feel about that, but if it's Anthony Davis, I do feel pretty good about it. If it's Anthony Davis or LeBron at the rim, I feel pretty good about it. But the option that not a lot of people have talked about is, I know Danny Green missed the shot, but Markeith gets the board. Danny Green's right behind you. Do a little dribble handoff. He's, he's, I mean, he's literally just turn around, do a, a, a turn 180 degrees, and hand the ball back to Danny Green. Jay Crowder's coming back up, set a screen. Easy bucket. You have another easy look at the at the basket. Mind-blowing stuff. And I, and I, I said this, too. I don't know if having Ray Allen in 2014 and Kyrie in 2016 makes up for the utter nonsense 
that LeBron has had to deal with for teammates in his career? I, I'm really trying to think it does because those two players ended up, you know, paving the way to a championship. I know Ray was game six, so they still had to win seven. And LeBron had otherwise been terrific in that game, but for all intents and purposes, you get what I mean. I know LeBron said, Ty Lu, give Kyrie the ball here, right? He's perfectly capable of missing, perfectly capable of it. But he didn't, and it won them a championship. So it's like, maybe it does make up for it. Maybe it does. And I still feel pretty good about the Lakers winning this year. I just think, especially if AD plays six and he's actually fine, because this is all speculative. Again, I have no idea if he's actually fine or not. Um, it's just, God, man. Catch a, catch a break. Well, I can't say catch a break once, because I just listed two, two ways that he has. And I, I said, I mentioned I was going to get to Duncan Robinson, so why don't I do that very quickly? It was game, uh, well, actually, it was it was game four, right? It was on Tuesday um, when Jimmy plays really well. I think it was game four. Uh, Jay Crowder, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero combined seven for 25 from three, and it's like one of these guys has to play a good game. One of them. Just at least one. Finally last night, again, I, I – I made this in my last recording. I don't think I've said this yet, so I apologize if I have. I, I'm good. I'm just going to say it again in case I haven't. Duncan Robinson goes for 26 and is 7 of 13 from 3. Jake Crowder goes 2 of 9. Tyler Hero goes 2 of 3, which is fine, but for Hero, you're just looking for a little bit more volume. The aggressiveness just didn't really feel like it was there. 11 shots in total, sure, but from 3... I guess maybe you're almost looking for a little bit more Duncan Robinson stuff where 95% of your attempts come from the perimeter. Um, Jay Crowder coming back down to earth uh, from the three-point line at probably the worst time imaginable. And, like, obviously this game isn't won without Jimmy Butler. But it's also not won if Duncan Robinson doesn't play the way that he did, right? If he misses, I don't know, two of those threes, even one of them, uh, things could have been a lot different. It could have looked a lot different. And there was the one three-pointer uh, in the first half. Duncan Robinson was in the left corner. He got It was a really rough closeout, I think, by Anthony Davis. He was definitely fouled. I think the shot went in. I don't remember. Um, but then I know Jay Crowder was eventually fouled uh, and actually was able to convert the four-point play. It was the only free throw he, he shot. It was also kind of weird not seeing Kelly Olynyk. And, and I get that there was really no reason for it, but Miami only played seven guys. Seven. I don't know. I would be very curious to know when the last time in the NBA Finals a coach only elected to play seven guys. And I'm not mad at it. I get why it happened. It's just insane. Two guys off the bench were Andre Iguodala, who did, I mean, he was good defensively, right? He was He was pretty good defensively. And Kendrick Nunn, who finally had a good game. He finally, he, good for him. I'm happy. I'm, I'm genuinely happy. The rookie of the year. If you know, you know, I'm making a joke. Kendrick Nunn uh, comes in for 28 minutes, picks up 14 boy, 14 points, three assists, and and four boards. Um, it was plus three. He's, yeah, that's not bad. Iguodala was the only, uh, I'm sorry, he wasn't the only one. Hero, Hero and Iguodala were both uh, in the minus in the negative for plus minus. Um, Kendrick Nunn was just, I don't know, he's out there making plays. 
It was it was just again it just felt good to see him be actually productive. It was like oh yeah that's right that's the guy who thought he was in the rookie of the year conversation but he never really was. Um, it was fun and I, and I was excited to see him not be absolutely horrendous. And I, there's a point there's six minutes and eighteen seconds left in the game. Contavious Caldwell Pope man hits a three. Lakers go up 97-96. And again, there's six minutes left. Six and change. And it felt like it was over. It was weird. Because the Lakers were just coming off like a 15-3 run. KCP hits that. Heat were up 11 at one point. And it just felt like the momentum had completely shifted. Like it was over. Kuzma, by the way, was minus 17. And I... I, I don't know why I felt that way. Maybe Again, maybe it was just a momentum thing. And I also want to be perfectly clear that the MVP is over, right? It's over. Like, if, if and when the Heat win, it's LeBron, and I will not have it any other way. If AD was healthy the entire time, and if in game, th- what, three? Yeah, it was game three, because game two was when he started the game. Like, Or no, he finished the game 15-20, which is what LeBron did last night, 15-21. Game three, he comes out. He's in foul trouble. He picks up uh, three of them like halfway through the second quarter, if not a little bit before that. And so it kind of just his impact wasn't really there because he wasn't able to play at the rim. Um, And then he has a game last night where he's hurt, right? He wasn't in foul trouble. Nobody actually was. I think the most Markeith had like four, right? But I think one of them was at the end. If Anthony Davis wasn't weighed down by the heel injury – and then being in foul trouble in game three, I, I do think that A, it's more of a conversation, and B, it might lean slightly towards Anthony Davis, considering the trajectory that he was on through the first two games. Uh, but right now it's LeBron, and I don't really even think that it's close. But it was bizarre seeing KCP, not even just last night, but in this entire series, just seeing him hit big shots, and I wish that Markeith wasn't doing dumb things because that makes me sad played 23 minutes and was just kind of a zero the entire time. I don't know. Sucked. You almost just think like, does LeBron need like, I don't know. Chris Middleton would be cool. And I don't, and there's nothing that Milwaukee would want from them. Even if it was a three team trade, there's nothing that the bucks would want from anybody pretty much that like a three team trade couldn't even be facilitated because you're not trading Chris Middleton unless you're getting a clear upgrade. And unless it ends up being, I don't know, Bradley Beal, who isn't really even that much clearer of an upgrade. Um, there's a, definitely a disparity there. I'd, I would rather take Chris, 50-40-90 guy, um, which I was thinking about the other day. I forgot that that was a conversation that we were having. I don't know, but and I'm not I'm not proposing anything, but just imagine if like the Lakers had Chris Middleton right now. The series is over. It's 100% over. That's not to say that it should happen because it won't. Don't worry, Bucks fans. Um, I'm Again, I'm not advocating anything. We'll see what happens with Anthony Davis uh, going into game six. If he plays, great. Doomsday scenario, if you're a Lakers fan, uh, Dragic puts, like, vibranium in his foot and, like, how Bam did in his wrist against Boston. And Anthony Davis doesn't play. And you have to play Dragic, Bam, and Jimmy and Duncan. It's over at that point. That's doomsday, but I don't think that's going to happen. We'll see, folks. I think the Lakers are going to wrap it up. If you made it this far, genuinely, this scattered episode, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. 
Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I will catch you guys in the next one.